Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa, and we are the founders of Restful Parenting. Join us to chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again. We are sitting around uh, the table with Elisa. Hello. And Heidi. Hi. And today's topic of conversation is introducing a sibling, bringing a new baby into the house. Um, This can be a pretty stressful kind of consuming. We think about it a lot as we become pregnant. The moment you find out you're pregnant, you're already thinking, oh, how am I going to do this with two? Or how am I going to introduce the baby? Or all those thoughts. How am I going to do this with four? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Now, Heidi, your two were... They're seven years apart, so no experience in really introducing a sibling (laughs) because um, the older one was in grade one. Um, we could have full-on conversations and explain things and reason with him, you know, why the baby was crying and why I needed to spend more time with the baby, and he just was understanding of it. Nice. Yeah. So So you didn't find too many challenges or hiccups there when it came to that. And we also had uh, one of my nephews, uh, we had custody of him for a little bit too, so there was like a bunch of changes in the house at that time too. So he probably had a little more of the... Easygoing, laid-back personality. Yeah, I guess. I would say so. And he was seven. Yeah, that makes a big difference. So he was at school all day, busy, and then he came home. And then I really feel like I had two first babies because he was at school all day, so I was with the baby all day, and then I felt like I got my baby fix. And then I could kind of plan for him coming home and then Mm -hmm. make sure that the baby was, you know, sleeping or fed right before he got off the bus and then have some spe- some special time with him when he got home and then go into like the second Evening shift of the day, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Elisa, you have two and I your do. two are almost four years apart. So Ileana struggled a little bit with the transition, but she was also starting JK shortly after he was yeah. born. So she was home for the summer Hanging out with me. Which is kind of nice, because she kind of gets yeah. to know the baby right away. Yeah. And so she wasn't like, you know, you brought the baby home. And then she's like, well, I want to stay home, too. I don't mm-hmm. want to. So she got a little bit. And she's like, I think I, think I had enough. Yeah, yeah, no, she definitely <laughs> wanted to side. stay home. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she wanted to stay home yeah. because oh, she knew that I was at home with her brother, right? Oh. So it was, it was definitely a struggle to get her to school. And her transition to school wasn't... Super smooth, right. but um, we overcame it. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, it was something that happened for the first little while. We overcame it, and it's within no time I found that balance between having both of them and how to juggle things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right, because when we were doing our starting school episode. You were talking about how you had um, kept her home some days, yes. but you didn't tell her that there was school that day. You right, said this is like a non-school day. Yeah. And this is a, a school home day. day. This yeah. is a yeah, yeah, exactly home day. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, just making sure that I put in place all of those strategies to help her with her emotions and how to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I my first two are four years apart. Um, but my second came in October. So my first was already in school for about six weeks and kind of into the rhythm of it. So it was a little bit easier in that. We already kind of had that established. Um, and then I have a two years and three months part and then like 
know, 16, 17 months apart. So I've got a couple of different ones. So what we're going to be able to discuss today is going to be able to be based off of all these different experiences yeah, of different any ranges, age, right? Yeah. Exactly. So being aware of some of these challenges that can come up really helps you prepare on how you're going to deal with it. Uh, knowing what to expect can kind of make it not as startling either, right? So we're going to go through some different things that could come up and how you can handle that. Yeah, so strategies before baby comes, strategies after baby comes, us being us, we are going to focus on some of that emotional side as well. Um, and then we have some extra tips for you guys. So grab a pen and paper <laughs> if you have the time. If not, um, if you're out for a walk or if you're cleaning the house, enjoy and uh, hopefully you get some helpful tips. So some of those strategies that uh, you can put into place before baby comes, one of the absolute biggest ones, if you're able to, if you have a partner that's home on time, when your partner is home on time, um, have them take over bedtimes. If you are the only one that does bedtime, get them in do there doing that bedtime because yes. once the new baby comes, trying to juggle two of them at that kind of evening is tough. And then, too, depending on how old um, that first child or, you know, second child, if you're bringing home your third baby, I think I've heard you tell some families to use a calendar mm -hmm. and say this is dad's night, uh, mom's Routine. night, yes. or mommy's Shirts. night, oh, mom's gosh. night. Yeah, if your little one is struggling with who's going to do what this night, they always like to know. Because they're already losing a bit of that control when they do have a sibling. And so they really need to know what to expect from day to day. If mom's going to be doing it some days, you know, partner's going to mm -hmm. be doing it the other days, they need to know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they that expect, expectation is there. Um, and if partner can only do it on the weekends, then that's when they do it. But it's there, right? Um, it's super important. There's a lot of books. Yeah, you can find a wide range of books out there. So depending on whether you but want... But you mean like storybooks, they could, right? For could the child. Be story like books. Not books for the parents to read, but like yes. a storybook, right? To, like, yeah. Mercer oh, yes, yes. My New Baby Sister. Yeah. Right? Or even even the, the stories that are about our human body and how mm. our body works can sometimes go into a little bit of how a baby is born... Maybe, you know, depending on the age of your child, you will find a book that's age appropriate. But I, my children from a very young age, had the like step by step of how the mom's belly grew. They had right. the pictures of everything from my pregnancy book. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, they were open. They we were that. open about that. They could, they could foresee, help foresee it. It helped them foresee kind of how my body was going to change and where the baby yeah. was going to live. And Oh, Eliana loved yeah. looking at those books with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and starting those conversations about where the baby's going to come from. And how big the baby is right now in your, yes. in your womb, right? They love to know maybe the comparison of baby in, in my womb right now is as big as an avocado. Yes. How big is that? And then, you know, go over that. It's just this big. Yeah, and exactly. And in your hands. Yeah. Right? yeah. So cute. So you can find lots of books. There's one called um, I'm a Big Sister, I'm yes. a Big Brother. It goes over all of those mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Daniel Tiger has a really good um, show about introducing his new sibling, Margaret. Yes. Yes. I love Daniel Eliana Tiger. really, I know me too, Eliana really liked to watch that one. And then you can, um, you know, 
show some videos of babies, especially of the babies crying. So you can go YouTube or use home video. of mm-hmm. um, And young babies, newborn babies, because oftentimes preschoolers will think that a baby is going to come out and just be ready to play with them. Yes. So it's going to be their fun little baby that yeah. they'll be able to do all this stuff with. And then baby comes out and it's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> all this thing does is cry. Um, so if your little one is anxious around babies, so if you go to like play groups and there's little babies and, and your little one is anxious, showing them those videos and that, you know, you know how to take care of those babies and showing them how they're like being picked up and snuggled, those babies stop crying, right? So this is why mommy is going to be holding our baby lots. And so it's little, those little conversations that you're having throughout. Getting them a doll can help as well, or a little stuffy that they can wrap up and practice baby care on. Yes. And you can show them all the different things, and then you can go over all those situations when a baby would cry and tell them, you know, get them thinking about what that baby needs. Do they need to be fed? Do they need a diaper change? And explaining that babies cry in that newborn phase for... Do they need some sleep? Right. Yes. (laughs) Do we know anything about that, girls? Uh, But role playing is a really big piece, too, especially if your child has a hard time adjusting to these things, right? So um, that role playing is fantastic. Yeah, it can help them learn what they're going to be expecting when Mm -hmm. the new baby comes so that it doesn't just throw them completely off guard when they have this little blob that just cries all the time right yeah and that's including like the ones that are really that are really empathetic to others feelings right Mm -hmm. so if now you have this baby that comes in crying all the time right there that's all that's going to that's going to start to affect them in terms of like they're just going to want to be making that baby feel better at all times And then when you're, like, looking at those videos and reading those books, you can even ask some open questions like, well, what do you think babies eat? Yeah. Right? And then Mm -hmm. depending on how you're planning on feeding your baby, you can talk about how you're going to be feeding that baby and that you're going to have to warm up bottles and sometimes the baby will cry longer because we have to warm up the milk and, and then you could, you know, start to introduce breastfeeding and... They're very curious about it. They're almost like, what? They don't eat Cheerios like we right. do? Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Showing them old pictures of themselves as babies as well mm-hmm. can help yes. with that transition because you're showing them how you were helping them when they were a baby and how you were consoling them if they cried, if you have any videos of them crying or and li- how little and tiny they were yes. and how they were always in somebody's arms right they were in daddy's arms and then they were in grandma's arms and then they were in mommy's arms like they were always being held so mm-hmm. that they're getting that idea of that concept of that mm-hmm. um being held and this again is going to be based on your child right so like if your little ones are 18 months apart you're probably not going to have to dive deep into the old pictures but you're going to want to talk about babies and and being a big brother that kind of stuff as your children are older you're going to do more of that stuff and then once baby comes what are we going to be doing making sure that you're still having one-on-one time with your eldest child or you know your two yeah exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. um (laughs) the older ones or one 
just so that they are feeling like they still have that connection time with you. It's so important. And we know that having a newborn baby and another child can be really, really tough mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. And you don't feel like you have a lot of time. So you're thinking, how am I going to fit in time to spend with my older child? But if you just even schedule it in half an hour at a time, 20 mm-hmm. minutes at a time, um, I liked to leave the house with my daughter because I found that if I left the house, I wasn't there to hear if mm-hmm. the baby was making some noises that maybe made me feel like he could be hungry or that he needed something. Um, and I wouldn't go far. So I felt like I was comfortable leaving my newborn with my husband for, you know, a half an hour so I could take my daughter to the park. Yes. Just That's her and I. a great trick because... Once you have a baby, the mom's brain changes where they become very competitive. Um, and it's a natural instinct that kicks in to make sure that that baby survives. So when, you know, maybe you're making a puzzle with your older child and the baby's starting to cry and fuss and your partner's like trying to console the baby and then you're like, oh, just let me do it. Yeah. Right? So just removing you yourself. You bounce a little more. He <laughs> likes to be bounced. You know, you can't, yeah, you yeah. can't help yourself sometimes. So removing yourself from the house or the situation um, allows you to, like, not be pulled away so easily. Right. And if you're not comfortable doing that, then maybe going into a different area of the house, into the basement or into the playroom so that you are able to spend that time mm-hmm. with your older child. Mm-hmm. Another another option as well is uh, strap, get the baby into the car seat nice and cozy and send dad, dad out for a walk with the baby and mm-hmm. then you are, get to stay in the house, especially if you uh, are recovering, Yes, right? Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. had a C-section and you need to be in bed, mm-hmm. um, that's when they can come in and do puzzles and you can color and dad is out of the house with mm-hmm. the baby. Baby's most likely going to settle because they're out in the fresh air. They're getting that kind of rhythmic motion. Yeah. It's going to be an easy kind of second best. Mm-hmm. Um, my first two are four years apart. My last three are four years apart. So as we kind of introduced more and more, it got harder and harder to spend even half an hour with each of the older children. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I did feel like the younger three kind of were bulked up. And then so I did... As the younger three were in bed, we really made sure that we spent that one on t- one time with Ireland because she was like that seven eight, so really making sure that um, she had that one on one time. But it did get harder with the younger three, well, the middle two essentially, mm-hmm. poor middle children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I literally could only do the bedtime tuck in, not even the bedtime routine, not the stories, like the tuck in, and they all got like a five to ten minute snuggle. Sometimes I would fall asleep and take a little nap myself and then wake up and climb into another bed and take a nap for a couple of minutes and then go back to baby duty. But that was sometimes all I could do. Yeah. Like I aimed for for longer, but on the days yeah. that I couldn't, you can only do that what was you all can I can do, do right? Yeah. So really making it a point to not feel Try not to be too hard on yourself if you can't spend that one-on-one time every single day with the older yeah, child. Yeah, the whole week, right? Yeah, As a yes. Whole. Because, yeah. you know, you're going to have some really, really good days, some mediocre days, and you're going to have some, you know, not-so-good days. So look at your whole week. You're so kind to say not-so-good days with an infant. <laughs> some of those days are going to be not-so-good. Some of the days are going to be awful. Some of the days are going to be fantastic, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are things that we do want to avoid when, like, introducing a new baby into the family is a huge shift for everybody. So that's going to take adjustment from everybody. And one of the, there are some things you do want to avoid. Um, big changes like toilet training. And this was, uh, cause a, like avoid once baby, you just started bringing baby home or, or just like, toilet training within like two months before the baby comes okay. to like three, four months after the baby right. comes really like you so want like to a six months pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Baby doesn't come early. Even a little bit earlier than that. Like I but really depending on the child's readiness. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, so many factors. Yeah. Yes. It's if just they're too... super ready. Yes, and it's yes, like yes. three months before the baby comes, then do it. But it's you don't just... want to push it. Yeah. They're... Because what happens is then once um, you start toilet training, baby comes and they're like, whoa, what's going on here? Wait, he How do diapers? I get... Yeah, yes. and how do I get back to that extra time, right, where I get to spend that time with you for diaper changes, and mm-hmm. where, right, so we're going to be more open to mm-hmm. um, to regressions. This is going to be a big one, because you're going to hear it. Are you sure you don't want to have the so-and-so out of diapers before the next one comes? Because uh, my guys were two years apart, just over two years apart, and that's all I heard. Are you sure you don't want to get Alexa out of diapers yeah. before it It'll comes? be so much easier if so you just get them out of but really diapers. No, it's not going to be easier, yeah, so absolutely. don't do it. <laughs> but readiness of the child, Alexa, the month before AJ was due, she was like, and I'm done wearing diapers. And she was done wearing diapers. <laughs> it worked out really well for us, but it definitely was not something that I pushed or took on as a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after the baby comes for that first little while, they are already potentially going through some some other mm-hmm. types of behavior changes. They might be in a phase where they're a little bit more resistant to, yes. you know, listening or following directions or, you know, doing anything like that. So trying to tackle something like mm-hmm. toilet training can mm-hmm. be very challenging mm-hmm. at that point. Same with the big kid bed. Oh, Taking yes. them out of a crib. You want to make sure that they're not feeling pushed out by the baby taking their bed right away. So you want to make sure that if you are getting them out of the crib and the baby is going to be taking their crib, that it's months after the baby is born. Yeah. Realistically, your infant's going to be in the bassinet in your room for the first six-ish months anyway. So there's no need to really push them out until after the baby comes, significantly after the baby comes. And then that's where... They're now a few months older, and you're now able to have that conversation of, this is the baby, he needs that baby crib. Yep. You know, this is the big boy, you need that big boy crib. And sometimes having two cribs temporarily, depending on the age of the Mm -hmm. older child, because you don't want to, just because the baby needs to have the crib, if Mm -hmm. you're... If your toddler isn't ready to be out of the crib, then you don't want to force that to Absolutely happen. not, because you do not... You are going to be lacking sleep with an infant regardless. <laughs> you do not want to add in a clingy, very upset toddler numerous times through the night. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, if you are bed sharing... Uh, the, it is not recommended to bed share with two children, with an older child and an infant. Um, so that is something that you definitely want to get them prepared for. You don't necessarily have to send them off into their own room. There's, we've worked with families who've 
dad has taken the older child and gone into another room. We've worked with families where they've made a bed on the floor. Yeah, but you don't want the older child to be beside the baby or anywhere no. close yes. to the baby because they don't know how to sleep yeah, and with. if you've slept with a toddler or preschooler, <laughs> yeah. like, they are all over the place. Like, yeah, there's like no a, boundaries. Like starfish, really. Yeah, there's no boundaries <laughs> in there. They are left, right, center, all over, yeah. right? So this is a change you want to make sure that you're doing potentially three months or at oh, least yeah. two months before the baby comes so that all of a sudden the baby comes, there's this big change. They mm-hmm. already might have a little bit of sibling rivalry when the baby comes, and then all of a sudden now... They're no longer in your bed, mm-hmm. yes. right? Mm-hmm. So that could be hard for them. That's definitely work on it before. Yeah. And so if that's something that you're looking at doing or need to do, go back and listen to our Crib to Big Bed podcast yes. Yes. for lots of tips and info. If you were bed sharing or co-sleeping with your toddler or your older child and the baby comes, how to prepare for that. If you were ready and you felt that your your child was ready to move into their own room and you wanted to work on their sleep and teach them how to fall asleep on their own, we can absolutely help you with that. You'll want to have a strategy in place. And with older children, it's a little bit different than working with baby sleep because now you're moving them into another area and you want to support them emotionally because they do know that changes are coming. Yes. Do it far enough in advance before the baby comes, but if you need to work on sleep and you're feeling overwhelmed, contact us and we can help you. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Uh, WrestleParenting.com. When we are bringing a new baby into the house, there's a big emotional piece for us, right? What was one of the... Yeah, what was one of the biggest fears that you had? Oh, my biggest fear was, am I going to be able to love another child as much as I love my daughter? (laughs) Yep. Right? Yeah. I think that's a common one. Yeah. It's for such sure. a I have strange enough love? one, it too, because so you kind of know that you can, but then you're like, but... You just can't I fathom. didn't have a baby before. Now I'm having two... And this one is so great. I know. Like, this <laughs> one is so great. Yeah. And I don't really know this next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but you're like, but that doesn't make sense either. I know. Of course you can. Everyone says you can. <laughs> yeah. So then you get, you kind of just go into it blindly hoping that it will work out for the same as you. But it's almost kind of magical, eh? Like, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Another big fear is time. Like, Am I going to have enough time right? to do all this? How am I going to manage like, this? How, many gonna, how am I going to balance two children? Yeah. It's Especially if it was uh, an unplanned pregnancy, right? And so you're like, yeah. well, I was kind of hoping we'd wait till he was three. And now we're going to have them 14 months apart. <laughs> mm-hmm. How yeah. am I going to do this? Yeah. You it do can get into be, the groove. It, you get into the yeah. groove. Absolutely. You don't know any different. That's the thing. You just, it it, it happens, it, it the situation changes, and you just adapt. Yeah. And you are a bit of a zombie some days. And some days you're like, hmm, I think I got it all together. Be careful when you're feeling that, because that's usually when something changes. Yeah. Somebody's going to need a, someone went through a growth spurt or a milestone, or there's like a new development happening. So be careful when you feel that, no oh, something's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> so be uh, mindful and present and live and enjoy that moment. Yeah. Um, balancing more than one or two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when, like, just seeing... I look back now on pictures. I have this one picture that Rich is holding of AJ must have been... I don't know, just over two, and Oscar was just over six months, or maybe a little bit older, and they just are so little in, and to, I just, yeah, I don't know how we did it, but we did. Like, <laughs> Looking back, yeah. Yeah. Like, do you sometimes think, oh, four kids, oh, wait a minute, I have four kids. <laughs> when I see four younger kids again, I'm like, oh my gosh, that must be, and then I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I did that. That was <laughs> us. It's funny, because I used to watch, um... 17 kids and counting now I think it's like 22 kids and counting <laughs> and I watched it like in awe like oh my goodness how are these people doing it and I was like this is my dad's family he had 17 brothers yeah. and sisters wow and I just thought oh that's how it works I guess big kids look after yeah, the younger kids yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. everybody has a part um the hormones yes you just never expect what's going to happen and those hormones can sometimes throw mm-hmm. you for a loop mm-hmm. especially if you struggled i think with any ppmd so yep. any postpartum mood disorders um you know that's the umbrella for anxiety depression rage ocd psychosis um and stress but if you struggled with any of that in your after your first came that can now add an, kind of another layer to am i going to be Experiencing that again. Right, so fear of that happening again, right? And then with two children. Yeah, so if you know that you struggled your first time, it would be a good idea to, you know, have some strategies in place there for your Mm -hmm. second. And lots of cities have um, groups for women who are pregnant, so you don't have to wait to have the baby and then have symptoms to get help. Right. You can get help for uh, postpartum um, mood challenges while you're pregnant. It can yeah. actually start while you're pregnant, so you don't have to wait. Even if you're not dealing with postpartum, but like the roller coaster of the hormones, after your first, it kind of, it was you and your husband and a tiny baby, but now it's going to be you and your partner and a toddler. Um, so those... Or preschooler. Yeah. Or yeah. high schooler. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that... Uh, yeah, the, the fear of those har- hormones, that roller coaster of the hormones in those first six yeah, weeks yeah. can be a lot as well. The guilt as well can really come into play after baby has arrived and you have now have two children at home or three children or four. Especially if you're having a hard time getting just a chance to put that new boy, new baby down, right? That baby wants to be held all the time. Yeah. And you start that guilt starts to roll over and you're like, I am never spending any time with you anymore, buddy. Yeah, and if your older child is reacting in some way, then that can make you feel even more oh, guilty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. They hate you in the heart, eh? <laughs> um some of the stuff that we expect to see from them, um, sometimes a regression in sleep, sometimes a regression with toilet which is why right we didn't want to do the uh, toilet training too close to when baby's coming um we can see behavior changes Mm -hmm. those are pretty common um some children can go like it's like a honeymoon period a few weeks couple months woohoo i love this new baby Mm -hmm. um but then the baby starts crawling yep I no longer like this baby who keeps coming in and taking my toys. Tell this thing to stop. I don't like it. He's eating it again. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that threw me off 
was I had all these expectations of I'm going to spend time with with Ileana and I'm going to make sure that I take this time with her and do this. And when the baby came, she did not want anything to do with me for a good good week or two. That broke me. But um, just knowing that that could happen. Right? Yeah. You you prepare for spending all this time with her, and then she didn't want to spend time with me. So that was something that really played into my guilt. They, and sometimes, as we know from this age group, they don't always show the emotion that they're feeling. Yeah. Right? So... They may be really sad, and it may be coming out in anger, in hitting, in yeah, fighting, yeah. in want, not wanting, yeah. no, I don't want to go see grandpa, or I don't want to go see mommy, right? Like, we can, we're going to see that behavior. Yeah. So, it's going to be really important that they are getting that opportunity to offload yeah. their emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is what they, helped her in the end, you know, that emotional offloading, offloading and I, I made it so that you know, I didn't force her to spend the time with me, but I did sit in there and I said, you know, I know that you don't want to spend the time with me right now, but I'm going to sit here with you. Yeah. And I'm just going to hang out with you while you play with your dolls. That's okay. You don't have to play with me, but I'm going to hang out here and sit. Mm -hmm. But when we're seeing those big feelings, I think it's, well, and if you haven't listened to the emotional, emotional offloading, that's in the tantrums episode, but, um, the emotional offloading, we want to let, we allow them to have that upset. We validate what they're going through and then we just sit and support them. Yeah. We're not sending them off to their room to do it by themselves. We're not getting angry with them. We're not yelling at them. We're just sitting with them and we're allowing them to be upset. This is a big change for them and you have cried over the last few days or you're going to cry in the first few days after bringing a baby home these guys are going to need some time to be able to offload and have that upset the range of emotions that you are feeling (laughs) yes your child is also feeling those and potentially more yeah so they just don't know how to express it like we do they can't tell us I'm feeling guilty because of this 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 yes they just know that they are not feeling themselves and they're not feeling right so they need that opportunity to get that off their chest so that mm-hmm. they can move forward and they can move on with it absolutely they just need to be seen eh? yeah yeah so some of those extra tips going into having a bringing a new baby into the house um they this was one of ours especially as you have kind of more, they all want to do the same thing that the baby is doing. So, like, if Rich was throwing the baby up, I mean, older baby, throwing the baby up in the air, well, then the toddler want to do that, and the preschooler want to do that. You didn't throw your newborn babies up in the air. (laughs) Um, So, but everybody wanted that kind of to be part of that same game. But it comes to a point where you're like, you know, you're too big now for that kiddo. But, you know, I did this with you when you were little. Like, these are the games that I used to do with you when you were little. Now you and I get to do these things. We get to go swimming together. We get to go do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So really being able to kind of sh- to have that conversation with them. Making sure that whoever comes over knows ahead of time to just be mindful that they are also recognizing the older child or children. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes you have... People come and visit, and they just, they're there to see the baby, right? They, yes. They've already I mean, seen your older so child. It's so exciting. It is. But. They might not yeah. recognize, they might not even know that they're doing it, and actually, they probably don't, they don't. know that they're doing it. Yeah. So, having a conversation with them, or when they are over, if you find that the conversation is a lot on the baby, they're doting on the baby, then 
talk about your older child. Talk about how much they've been helping, how oh, he they did always this gets today. the diapers. He knows what cream we need. He knows the difference between the the, the bum cream and the Vaseline and yeah. And then I just automatically and nicely without like being really blaring the the focus changes a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's a big one. If you go from being the baby of the family, where everybody just stares and laughs and giggles at you, to like now it's well, everybody's only paying attention to the baby. Mm-hmm. That can be really tough <laughs> Not for for a child, which can then perpetuate some of those other challenges that you might be seeing with the behavior. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. they're going to be doing. They're going to be acting out a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. So another tip for managing more than one would be to have a couple of special activities or toys that um, you only bring out when you really need to keep those older ones busy. So this would be something that you keep on top of the fridge where they can't access it very well. Did you use any activities like that for yours, Pam? Um, Mine were more (laughs) food-driven. So I made sure that, like, snack was put out. nice. Um, that they could, if they needed a cup of milk, it was in the fridge ready to go for them. Uh, so they could just open the fridge door and get it depending. This was my, obviously for Ireland. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just making sure I was ready in that way. But while you're feeding the baby, it's, it's nice to have some activities for the older child to Mm -hmm. do because oftentimes when you're feeding the little one, that is when your older one wants all of your attention. Mm-hmm. So having a special bin that comes out when you feed baby or when you're putting the baby to bed or something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a time that you need to have that one-on-one time with the baby and your older one wants all that attention. Mm-hmm. What about having um, the older child or children get a special toy for the baby? Yeah, have I think I did that with... The girls, maybe. My memory's not great for yeah, that stuff. Like I, I did. We went us, and got little something Yeah, I remember from us being the baby. out looking. Oh, from the baby. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking, like, from the older child to the baby. Yeah, I um, think I did that. We were just out getting stuff, and I thought, oh, do you, you know, do you want to get a, a little toy for our baby that's coming? And then maybe you could, like, leave it in their crib until the baby's born. And it was, like, a little black and white stuffed um zebra and then i was like oh this is really good because babies can't see colors and then i was like you picked such a good toy and he was like super proud about it and we still have this zebra. that's so cute Cute. yeah yeah (laughs) cute i did i did um the baby got my daughter something Cute. So I know it's a little unrealistic that a newborn baby can buy, but for her... He at, shopped on Amazon. Yeah. She's a prime member. At almost four, you know, she she wasn't really thinking that much into it. No. But so Wait he a got, minute. So he got her a doll, and still to this day, I got rid of the doll because it wasn't really being played with. Yeah. But every once in a while, she'll ask me, Mom, where's that doll that Buddy got me oh, when he was born? Cute. Yeah. When he was born. <laughs> when he was born. At the gift shop. um i do remember cutting my kids off for oscar like when i was pregnant for the last one because cutting them off well because every time we went to walmart or we went shopping can we buy buy the baby something else can we buy the baby this and i was like no no no. baby has enough now can we buy the baby a transformer (laughs) he told me about he really was a transformer (laughs) when i gave you that hug we're very bonded (laughs) yeah i remember shopping for clothes and eliana would pick out these little girl outfits Mm. mom i think this would be really nice for him. <laughs> Aww, cute. so cute. Um, one of the things I did with Ireland was 
Um, I would get her to snuggle my belly, and I I told her to pick a song that she could sing to the baby. So she sang, she sang "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star," um, over and over, and then, um. Alexa was a screaming baby, and uh, Ireland <laughs> would sing "Twinkle Twinkle," and she would stop periodically. She would stop. Oh, we were in the car, but and she that's would stop. something that oh. and she just Ireland was like, "I've got the magic touch, mom!" Like she was quite thrilled. That, with that. can that's help tremendously with their too. bond, right? Yeah. To have mm. them sing to the baby, and if the baby does respond, or even if they don't really respond that much, you can always just find some way. Oh, look. You know, that really helped him or her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Every uh, older child has challenges. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's smooth sailing. Sometimes if it is. If that happens, count your blessings. Yeah. Wait for something else to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> and just go, okay, that's one we got in our pocket. Moving forward. What's coming next? <laughs> yeah, hopefully these tips and strategies uh, can help your family through this time. And you know what? It's a fantastic time. It's all going to fall into place and you will be able to manage this. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.